Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 133. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. Today, we're going to kick off the arc of beating wholesale ass in Vegas. Now, hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? Whole ton is going down. We're kicking off a new arc as we lead into MF in Vegas. We've got lots to talk about. We're going to go over some decks, some things to do. we got some new kind of housekeeping announcements we got to make. But before we get to any of that, we have to thank our official, official sponsor, FaceToFaceGames.com. They're Canada's biggest magic store. Ooh, very much so. And I have a, I'm going to call it a meeting just to sound all businessy. Ooh. I have a meeting with Face-to-Face Games Management tomorrow on some things. Ah, the overlords are deigning to speak to us. Yes. Nice. I was summoned via email. Was <laughs> <laughs> better than like a lightning coming down and hitting your yard and having some dude in a robe standing there with a little book and he's like... Or the mouth of Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> Face-to-face deems thee worthy. <laughs> Oh, man. Or they take us out and, like, I don't know, throw us into a whirlpool and we spin around, like, in the Lake of the Dead. Oh, I was thinking of um, in the Tempest novel where, you know how Karn in the magic story, like, takes a vow of, like, to never fight or kill anybody again? And then Valrath throws him into this giant pig tumbler and he just, like, crushes goblins, like, endlessly. They just keep dumping live goblins in for him to smush to death because he's, like, a thousand pounds. Dang. That is terrible, hey? Yeah, that is hardcore. Remember when the magic story used to be like metal as F? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can't get away with that anymore now that they're uh, under the warm, loving umbrella of Hasbro Family Entertainment. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. Tumbling somebody in like a giant thing, squashing thousands of other <laughs> things. I don't know. <laughs> it's a thing. So you said we have lots of business. I did. Before we start, let's do a couple quick social media coordinates, and then I got some new patron shoutouts. We're getting right into it. Okay, we are CCO Podcast and CCO Brando on Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can find any of the lists that we're going to talk about, plus get a hold of us. If you want to send us anything more long form than you can on Twitter, you can check us out at commandercookout at gmail.com. You can find us anywhere your better podcasts are found. If you're in a position to help the show grow, you can check us out at patreon.com slash Podcast. If I went over that or bumbled it or you didn't understand anything that I just said, you can find a complete listing of ways you can get a hold of us and interact in the show notes down below or on our official, official home on the entire internet, commandercookout.com. That was really good. Thanks. I mentioned patrons. You mentioned patrons. New patrons. New patrons. I'm looking at the name and there's like a bunch of consonants in a row. So I'm just going to just gonna wing it. Do it. Chris Hart Jess. I'm just pronouncing every letter. Chris, Chris Hart chest? Chris Hard... Hard chest. Hartage? I don't know. No, I like Chris Hard chest. Chris Hard chest. Yeah. It's probably flat. Maybe. He's got like 13 pecs. Yeah, he's got like a 50-inch chest. He can bench like 400. Exactly. He just pulls He pulls his car to work instead of driving it. He would push it to work. The, the pectorals are a pushing muscle. Oh, they're so big they pull too. <laughs> So I has 13 of them. <laughs> My pecs are so big that they can push and pull at the same time. <laughs> Just tears his car in half, hey, with his yeah. boobs. <laughs> Reminds me of like powdered toast man on Ren and Stimpy, like doing like rubbing his butt cheeks together to like sprinkle cinnamon and sugar on people's cereal. Well, Chris uh, Hardchest, welcome. Welcome aboard. Welcome and thank you. I don't know why you'd want a nickname, but here we are. <laughs> it is where we have ended up. Next shout out, and this is a little bit of a special one because this gentleman, gentle person, is actually staying with us in House CCO in Vegas, and he's our good friend Lenny's friend. I don't okay. know. I don't know if he just by proxy is then our friend. We don't know him from a hole in the ground, so what we have to do is destroy him with a funny nickname. Excellent, Eugene Martinez. I don't know if he's a nerd or a baseball player. So I'm saying he can probably run really fast and probably has some really thick glasses with, like, tape holding them together? Yeah, okay. A pocket protector and a ridiculously high salary. Yes. I say we call him Fuck Eugene. (laughs) Gene is now his last name. Correct. Fuck you is his first name. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Got there. 
Well, Mr. Gene, welcome, welcome. aboard. Welcome. <laughs> We're happy to have you. <laughs> and we'll see you in Vegas. Yes. That's yeah, exciting. He's, yeah. he, I, I hope I hope that you know where the corner liquor store is that I've been told about. I'm sure between the however many of us we can find it. We're, we're all smart guys. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I won't need any help. <laughs> I'm just going to find it by like... Like you know how they used to do on the like on the cartoons or whatever, and they stick their finger in their mouth and like stick it up and feel oh, which way the wind's wind, blowing. Yeah, except yeah. it's where's the liquor store. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Yep, like it. Very excellent. Okay, so if you wanted to become a patron to get your own sweet funny nickname, Patreon.com/slash/CCO Podcast, we have some new benefits, and uh, we kind of teased that on last week's show. Yes, I let the patrons know on the Discord to listen to this episode and check the Patreon page next week for the new benefits. Yes. Being a part of the Discord is one of the benefits. Yes, very much so. Yeah, we have a super fun Discord. Lots of lots of cool people. People have become actual real life friends in real life by meeting on the Discord. Yeah, Lenny really and cool. Lenny and Joe, Ginger Joe on Twitter is who's doing the rotisserie draft with us. Yeah, I'll be friends with Ginger Joe after I have crushed the life out of him in the rotisserie draft. Until then, I don't like him. Yes, correct. Mm -hmm. I hate him. I also hate him. Good. He's going to be staying like the same condo complex Airbnb place as us. I'm going to blow his house up. He made a threat like that on Twitter to one of the other guys in the rotisserie draft, and Twitter flagged it, and he had to like read through their terms and conditions. <laughs> <laughs> That's how serious the trash talking has gotten oh, it's on the uh, the Vegas rotisserie. We're on pick 20-whatever right now. Yeah, as we say, I think it's 23, I think. 23, that's right. There's you and I, Dana and Max from CMDR Central. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, for sure. Ryan and Zach from Commander Social. F them guys, too. Yeah, for sure, 100%. And then there's Dan Kraus and Ginger Joe. Yeah, F them in particular. J Joe Hoffman. Ginger yep. Joe. It's way easier to say. Absolutely. And we are going to crush face. And if you want to donate, our Extra Life link will be in the notes if it's still live at the time. It should be. I kind of went on a tangent. That isn't what we were talking about, but... It's for a good cause. It's something really cool that everybody can be involved in. So if you're into it, check it out. If not, uh, we're going to get into some Patreon new benefits here in a second. Yeah, we'll get back to the extra life thing in a, in a couple minutes after right. we finish talking about the Patreon thing. Now, new pledges at a certain level. You'll have to go and check it out. I don't want to call it an ask me anything, but that's kind of what it is. Yeah. And what it we'll break it down a little bit, I guess. Basically, what we're going to do... Because when you say ask me anything, me and Ryan were talking about it. And it's not that we don't trust people. It's just we don't want to talk about, like, how to wax balls. Because we don't know. Well, I imagine and wax and balls would kind of be like starting a snowmobile or like a weed whacker. You know how you got to, like, rrr, rrr, pull it and it's stretchy? It's <laughs> like but we're, we're not authorities. So asking us about that, it'd be like, well, whatever. So we're going to try and keep it to magic-related stuff or stuff that we can get some kind of conversation going on if you're going to ask us a question. If you're going to ask us our favorite color and stuff, do that on Twitter. We'll, we'll answer you anyway. Very much. So my favorite color is red and black plaid if you haven't seen any of our branding. Mine's yellow. I don't have much to do with the branding. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny. So wh where is it going to be? That's the next question. How do I do this? Well, go to the Patreon, become a patron, blah, 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 all that stuff. We are going to incorporate this ask me anything. Are we calling it that? I didn't want to call it that, but that's kind of just how it came out of my mouth. Let's just call it that because that's what it is, basically, and everybody knows what that is. Sure. Head to YouTube. We've got the Canned Cookout segments that we do there about once a week. That's where it's going to be. That's where you're getting, I guess, the the freest form, Ryan and Brando. And that's where you're not going to get, like, you know, us fitting into an arc or talking about with, like, notes and stuff. No, it's just two dudes drinking beer, bullshitting about magic. And if you want our opinion on something, this is how you do it. We have several opinions, and we like sharing them. I have, at, I have at least one opinion. Me too, on virtually everything I'm ever asked about. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes too. Excellent. Next benefit, speaking of the YouTube, we very much appreciate the patrons and how much they pledge because it really helps us out. We're going to talk about that in a second. We want to show our appreciation by putting a certain level of patron name in the credits of all of our main YouTube videos. Credit scrolls are awesome. Credit scrolls, 
I would like to incorporate nicknames in there if anybody likes that or doesn't like that, or if I can remember what they are. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to be a new benefit at a certain tier, and we would love for people to join that tier and be officially credited on the CCO YouTube page. Yeah, as opposed to just in our hearts. Yeah, does that count? It counts. It should. It should. You know what? It very much should. This is a good time to talk about that. King of the Segway. Okay. Last month, this is pulling back the curtain to, to really let people know how much we do appreciate everything. And it's not just the pledges and the Patreons. It's the listening, the engagement on Twitter, the new followers on Twitter and Facebook to help us do some merch. It's shopping at face2facegames.com. It's letting the warehouse people at Face to Face know that, like, that you're a listener. Everything helps to the tune of Brando and I spent over $1,100 last month on Commander Cookout between giveaways, shipping out Patreon giveaways, stickers, and of course our bandwidth and website hosting fees and our domain name bill. Like it all hit us last month. And if it weren't for everybody coming together to support us, like there would be no podcast bandwidth. Like we probably wouldn't be sitting in this chair right now. We'd be trying to figure out a way to get the bandwidth back up so we could do more shows. Yeah, right? Like, the website would have been gone because we wouldn't have paid for it because we couldn't have. Like, nobody's breaking the bank at Commander Cookout, right? <laughs> and website would have been gone. Our bandwidth on a, on a Tuesday when we launch an episode would have been blown out of the water in, like, the first two hours because, like, we launch and then it gets all the downloads, right? Because, mm -hmm. like, the launch day is the day it gets the most downloads. So if it wasn't for everybody out there, like, we wouldn't be here. It's it's a great problem to have. Running out of bandwidth right away, it's a great problem to have, and we're really happy to have that cross to bear. And we we just really appreciate that you all are here with us and supporting the show and, and giving us this platform. So all that sappy shit out of the way. F us for being sappy. Yeah, and F you for being sappy and listening. <laughs> <laughs> New arc. New arc. Means the art of beating wholesale ass in Vegas. We should say the name a couple of times to really get it in there so I can say it fast in the intros. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a working title. We all know what that means. It means kind of just it's, that's what the fucking the, title is. It's the title now, yeah. Okay, the arc of beating wholesale ass in Vegas. Welcome. New arc, new patron sign-up gift. Boom. We've got a bunch of the super awesome full art cards from Modern Horizons. Yeah. People really like the crappy janky written on proxies that we gave out <laughs> so if you like jank pieces of crap that i found in a collection well boy howdy wait until you get these brand new shiny things <laughs> <laughs> so new patrons in the month of beating wholesale ass in vegas between now and the end of august are going to get a assigned or doodled on sharpie altered full art card for modern horizons commander cookout sticker it's a small token of our appreciation you can head on over to patreon to uh to sign up if you haven't already New deck giveaway with new arc as well. And we're going to switch this up a little bit this month as well. We've got the budget for the deck. And we said we're going to give one away every every arc. But this month, it's for the kids. And the, the budget that's normally set aside to go towards deck, we're going to be donating to our Extra Life fundraiser and the rotisserie draft because we think that's a pretty good use of the uh, the money. And it really helps us demonstrate that all of CCO Nation is coming together to to help needy kids and needy families. Yeah, we all came together around this game, and now we can do something to actually help out in the world. That's so, pretty cool. I think so. So for the one arc that, uh, that this is going on for, this rotisserie draft, we want to make it as successful as possible, and part of that is raising a, t a ton of money. I think we're up over thirteen dollars or $1,400, and we've only been at it for a few days. That's pretty good. So that's that makes me so happy. That's yeah. like the, the greatest thing. The generosity of people always is staggering to me, to be honest. It's it, it's great to see that people are able to do that and willing to, to donate to a cause like that. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. To the Extra Life campaign. Also, also, this is the way I pitched it at work. Uh, the more money that we raise in our own extra life, th those monies turns into dollars, and those dollars are in the forms of dimes that come in a little roll. And for yes. every dollar worth of dimes that we have, we can take the dime and put them in a sock, and eventually the sock is full, so we have to fill up another sock and then put the socks into a sack. And then we can hit Max Crandall exactly. with Because <laughs> <laughs> eventually I will have like a Santa sack full of dimes, and ain't nobody getting up from that. And you are just going to Alex Rodriguez max into a different dimension. <laughs> yes. 
No, it's super sweet. Like uh, we've had a few people donate. We very much thank you for that. They uh, they got to pick picks or whatever, and they uh, when we hit certain checkpoints, we get like additional dollars added to the budget of cards that we can draft. And they didn't even hose us, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, they gave us stuff that I like a lot. Yeah, I might I might have given them some hints for you. <laughs> Wink. Ah, thanks. Anyways, so we're talking about beaten wholesale ass in Vegas. Beaten wholesale it's ass going down. I've got a list of my decks, my 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 arsenal of decks, and okay. I wanted to ask you, what do you think I should bring, both to Las Vegas, but also to the main event, like the floor, the convention center? So we're sitting at tables, we're jamming games with CCO Nation slash anybody else. Yeah. What do you have in your pocket? Yes. Or your bag? I like pocket. Makes sure. it sound sweaty. Yeah. Okay, so here's my arsenal. This is this is for everybody at home. These are the decks that I currently have. I've recently downsized to nine decks. I'm building a tenth one. I used to have 16. Is the tenth deck the rotisserie draft deck? Yes. Okay. Because that was a deck that I was planning on building anyways, and I'm going to rotisserie draft it. It's going to suck. <laughs> and then once we play in the in the event, then I'm going to like bolster it up to how I actually wanted to build it. So this is what I got in no particular order. Bryon Stoutarm, Mistform Ultimus, Arixmithy's The Slumbering Isle, Alenda the Duskrose, Rack Daddy Lord of Riots, Vivictus Asmati the Dire, Lord of Tressorhorn, Animar Soul of Elements, and Zatahedron Grinder. And my rotisserie draft deck is Ho Daddy. Ho Hogak. That's Hogak for those of us who are. Yes, I got Rack Daddy and Ho Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> What's Mistform's daddy name? <laughs> Ultimate Daddy. Daddy Ultimus. <laughs> yeah. We gotta stop. We have to stop. We have to stop that immediately. Focus. Okay, so those are Brian Dad Arm. <laughs> get out. Eh? Just get out. I'm gonna do the rest of the show by myself. Okay, see you go sit over there. I'm gonna <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> those are my decks. And I'm wondering which ones should I bring to Vegas? Which ones on any day should I bring to the convention center? Which ones should just stay home and cry? Or should I take them apart to build Hogak? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're building Hogak anyway and you already downsized, I would imagine that taking decks apart to build Hogak probably isn't what you want to do. Correct. I only have one natural order left and I'm already using it and I want one in Hogak too. Uh, Buy another so, one. And like I just drafted Beast Whisper just now and I only have one Beast Whisper, so it's going to have to come out of Animar so I can play it in Hogak for the uh, the rotisserie event Oof. and then put it back. Like, i got to put all the cards back where they go. That's why I'm going to bring, like, all the extra cards that are coming out of Hogak. I'm going to replace them with something else that I have to also bring. Huh. So it's like, dang, you know? I've run quasi into the same issue with my deck in where I'm... But I'm only building out of my boxes and binders at my house. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not looking at the internet to find cards. I'm and, you, just, and, you're, and you're not cannibalizing other decks? Yeah, I'm just building out of my binders and my boxes. And then I... That's what you do anyway. I know, but any... And then any card that I'd... Oh, like, I needed a Lotus Cobra, but I only have the, the one, so I had to go out and buy another one. <laughs> just, God damn it. I'm all in on this fucking deck. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is, what should you bring? Yes. Now, you as a card-altering artist, new auction on the Facebook page every Thursday. Oh, there's my boy. Animar is a good pick. 100% altered. Yes. That one comes with me anyways, just because like, if I want to sit down to jam or somebody's like, oh, yeah, this isn't CEDH, and then it is, oh, baby. Oh, dude. It's on. <laughs> but, and that's a, that's a tricky one, though, because when you're playing an event, you got to like, run it by a judge. And like yeah. last year in Vegas, they said you couldn't play it. That's right. In in the Commander Championship. Yeah. Oh, you know what we didn't say? We did that big, long, whole intro thing. Um, the packages we bought for the the MF Vegas. Oh, yeah. As of right now, I am signed up for the Commander Party, and you are thinking about it. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. You, you seem really excited about going to it, so like, I'm, I had that FOMO. I was like, oh, what if it is like the... What if it's this off-the-wall thing? What if I have the opportunity to wear lampshade on my head and dance around on a table? What if I have the opportunity to give somebody a stunner? Oh. And I miss out on it. I want to give some people going to that party a stunner. Absolutely. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Bang their heads together and their bomb, bomb, bombs are throbbing. Don't Google that. Throbbing heads. <laughs> Do not Google throbbing heads. You know somebody's going to. Yeah. And whoever does, sorry about that. 
Yeah, so you get some you get some product with it or whatever, right? So that's just product that I don't have to buy because I was going to buy all of the C19 decks regardless. Yeah. We are both signed up for the Commander Area. What did we call it? We're not calling it what it's called. What are we calling it? The Commander Lighthouse? The, yeah, but no, the, be- no. the beacon for Commander players to come in. The com- it's just it's the Commander Area. Yes. It's the Commander Area. We're going to be there. We're going to be hanging out, jamming some games, talking to people, hopefully meeting lots of all of y'all. Honey P, and you also have a Commander Fanatic package, so you can go out and jam on demand or daily games Yeah, for prize tickets. Yeah, so, I'm a little nervous about that, to be doing that again, playing for prizes. It's like, oh, do I have to bring the scumbag shit to the to the party too, or can I just... You know what? I think I think you do what you do so well. You just go out there and say, what are we playing? What are we doing? What kind of game do we want to have? Because as long as everybody's on the same page... It's probably going to be fun. Yeah, and that's what I'm. That's what we're going for. That's yeah. what we're there for. Is to so I'll be jamming random games with anybody that wants to play. We'll both be in the special commander area, and you'll probably be able to want it run into one or both of us at the commander party. If you want a stunner, just say the word. I'm super good at them. Yes, mm-hmm. and I chipped your tooth trying to give you one at my wedding. <laughs> Did a backflip on the dance floor, out of my face. Second way back into what we're bringing. Speaking of giving people stunners. Yeah, so you sit down and you say, what are we playing? And they say, well, we're playing really tuned competitive, we're playing regular-ass tuned powerful, or we're playing like jank-ass garbage. And you need to be able to reach into your deck on the floor and pull out what what it is that that is the power level. And for me, that's Zata or Animar. And then that is something like maybe a Lend of the Dusk Rose or... Maybe your your child of Alara would probably fall in oh, there. Oh yeah, child of Alara. I forgot that child of Alara, a Rixmithies, or maybe Rakdos are all decks that I consider to be fairly tuned and powerful, but not like that top tier. Yeah, they're not they're not backbreaking, but yeah. they are very strong. Bryon Stoutarm is like that as well. All decks that I've had for a like a really long time. The shortest tenure there is a Rixmithies because he's only been out a year. Right, but and he was Edric's spy master of Tress. Yeah, so you know it's got so. like mana crypts and mana drains and mana vaults and every, yeah. anything that starts with mana that's like expensive, it's got it, right? Yeah. And then if somebody wants to play casual, then it's Misform Ultimus or Lord of Treasurehorn, right? But I can't bring eight decks or five decks with me to the event. I'm going to bring three: a crap one, a normal one, and then like a Cedh one. With, like my own personal philosophy on this mm-hmm. is, you bring one competitive one. In case somebody says we're going to jam a competitive game. Yeah. Then you bring two powerful decks, but not, not that that aren't necessarily top tier. Because mm-hmm. that way you got like, you can just play in a good game of Commander. And you got some variety. And you got some variety. And, and if your deck is strong and tuned enough, if somebody is scumbagging you, you have a chance to mess them up. Yeah, like scape shifting into that new thing that gives you a zombie for each different land name you got the die. desert that isn't a desert yeah them bastards yeah man but, so you do that and then you have your one actual jank garbage thing you bring along to play like okay let's just do some filthy casual stuff because it's man those are my funnest time. decks yeah man <laughs> my funnest decks. but i mean that that's what you want to do i think if you want to remain competitive and then other than that you just like or competitive you, in whatever level you want to compete in yeah like you want to pl- be able to play with people at every level and not just pub stomp people so like, how do you get there? Like, what is your... You tell me. Like, they're your decks. You know, I think I'm going to bring each each power level, if there's, like, entry, mid, and top tier, each power level, I will have at least one of those. And that mid power level, I think two. So, like you said, four decks with me at any time. And I'm thinking about just packing my case that carries all my decks, just put it in my suitcase, and then I just open my suitcase, open my case, and pick the box that I want, and it goes into my backpack. It's a good idea. That's what I think is I'm going to do. Yeah, that way you don't run into the... Like last year when we went, I only brought three decks. I had... Uh, like total, right? Yeah, I only brought three with me for the three days we were there. Yeah. I had Norin, Omnath, and Tatiova. I just I built that Tatiova Primal Surge deck, mm-hmm. and it worked twice. And I just didn't want to play it yeah, anymore. Yeah, no playability, no replayability. I'm thinking of my Alenda deck that I just loaded into Tapped Out that has a ton of playability because there's so many different kinds of things that it does and such a wide variety of 
ways to win, whether it be through attacking, infect, exsanguinate type effects, uh, blood artist or aristocrat style effects. I don't know, maybe like, I just loaded it. Like, do you want to go over it? Because yeah, we, we said that there was going to be deck techs this arc, and yes. this could be like the first one. Yeah, we can we can tech a Lendra. Now, at the end of the episode, if you're going to bring all your decks, then we don't really have to worry about which ones you're bringing. Yeah. you got them all. It, wind the show back a little bit. You can hear the list. Those are the decks that Ryan will have with him in Vegas. This one specifically is one that he likes to bring along. Last face-to-face games event that we went to, this was the only deck you brought, right? And uh, Animar. I bought. I brought Animar again to show it off, but also because I knew I wanted to meet up with a local judge, Byron, and let him play it. Is is Byron a CCO dude, bro? Yet we talk about him all the time. Honorary dude. Is bro. he an honorary dude, bro? He's like the main judge at the store we play F and M at, and he is always hanging out at local events. And he barely plays Magic anymore. Well, he like doesn't he, even play. Yeah, he just he can. He's very good. He just doesn't really play anymore, and he. But we talk about him all the time. I think he's an honorary dude, bro. Byron, get back on the train, dude. Yeah, I'll man. let you play Animar again. <laughs> he's like, I don't know if oh, I, dude. I don't know like, if I can do this. And he then was he doing just that like, thing where he's like rubbing his teeth like a meth guy. He's like, oh, because he was like jonesing so hard to just do degenerate <laughs> combos. Like, no, you could see it. You could see it in his eyes. He didn't want to do it because he knew how good it was gonna feel. He was like, he was like, I don't know. It seems like lots of interactions and stuff. I don't know. And then he turned fours everybody. Yeah. <laughs> And he just does it exactly the way that he was supposed to do it. Because yeah. he's, he's a smart guy. He does puzzle championship stuff like Sudoku and things. He's a really smart guy. But that's not what we're talking about. We're going to talk about a lend of the Dusk Rose. We're going to do a quick deck tech for you guys. In true CCO fashion, let us start with Creech. Let's talk with, let's talk with the commander first. I have a quick story about she, this. She is a creature. It, she is a creature. And this is a glasses story. I still have these. It's exciting that I've only had glasses a few months since I have glasses stories. Up until that <laughs> face, up until that face-to-face games thing that you played this at so many times, sitting right across from me, every single time this card hit the table and she made tokens and all the things that she does, I thought she was a fairy that made fairies. One hundred percent of the time, even when I look at her name now and kind of at the picture, I still think she might be a fairy. She is not a pirate vampire. She is a. She is a fairy with a weird looking <laughs> ruffly collar <laughs> she does have that <laughs> and she's got like a like a lender the dusk rose it's like kind of like bitter blossom sounding it sounds like a fairy it's it's a very elegant name but she's not a fairy she's a vampire knight she costs white black too she's a one one legendary vampire knight lifelink whenever another creature dies put a plus one plus one counter on her when she dies create x one one white vampire creature tokens with lifelink where x is her power couple things here's my regular scheduled couple things First thing, whenever a creature dies, so any creature. Any creature. Does, not just yours. Not just yours. Not just mine. Not just yours. Anybody's. Anybody's. Second one, she has to die. You have to put her into the graveyard, and everybody's like, oh, it's terrible, blah, 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 blah. No. There's, You're playing black and white. There's it's, tons of redundancy yeah. for reanimation in black and white, and if she ever does get exiled from your graveyard, you can then zone her for that as well because again you're playing black and white people are going to exile your whole graveyard if she's in it if you have like grave titan and shieldred and like you're playing victimize yeah right so you're going to get her back third thing equal to her power not the plus one plus one counters on her so if you can pump her in response to her dying or if you just get like a number of vampires remember to also add her native power yeah so like if she Hits the table, then eats shit, you still get one guy. Yeah. Important. Okay, so I don't know if we have time to do, like, the whole deck, but maybe if I could just, like, highlight some of the ways to win. It's a really sacrifice deck, so I am playing, like, Cruel Celebrant and Zulaport Cutthroat. Those are both aristocrat effects. When a creature dies, I gain a life. You, like, all the opponents lose a life. That's a, uh, is that aristocrats yep. stuff? Yeah, so, so Blood Artist, Zulaport yeah. Cutthroat. I'm playing Cruel Celebrant because it hits everybody where Blood Artist doesn't. And there are things like Bontu the Glorified and God Eternal Bontu that let me sack creatures. There's Flesh Eater Imp for infect kills but it has just say it right flesh beater imp there you go you just sack a creature to give him plus one plus one so if you sack a lenda sorry you sack a bunch of your other creatures that you got from like edrixar master breeder sack five or six creatures a lenda gets like plus six plus six you sack her to flesh eater 
Flesh Beater Imp. You're going to get seven more tokens. You sack all those tokens to Flesh Beater Imp. Then he's like a 10-10 Flying Infector. You just kill somebody. It's pretty good. Yeah. Or the same thing is true, like if you can pump or or, or um, cast your God Eternal Bantu, just sack all your tokens that you got from Alenda, and he just like draws you 10 cards. So lots of big card draw. Just ripping through the deck real quick. There is a Grave Titan, Massacre Worm, and Shieldred. And there is a little ditty that I think criminally underplayed in white. Jazal Goldmane. Give him a read. Jazal Goldmane is a legendary cat warrior. 4-4 four, four for white, white, 2. Has first strike and white, white, 3, colon. Attacking creatures you control get plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of attacking creatures. Yeah, so if you have... He doesn't have to tap for that, so... Do it twice. Yeah, like if you have Alenda and him on the battlefield, and Alenda's got like 10 counters on her, just end of your turn, sacrifice Alenda, you get 10 dudes, then you untap, pay 5, or untap, move to combat, and then just like pay 5 mana. All your dudes are getting plus 10, plus 10, because they're all attacking now. So not terrible. And if you do have like big mana, if you sacrifice Alenda to like... Ashnod's altar, then you get 10 tokens. You sacrifice a couple more, and you still have whatever, eight tokens. You can go Jazal Goldmane, move to combat, attack with all your tokens, and then like sacrifice the couple more that you need to pay Jazal's Goldmane's like ability all in one turn. So he's kind of like an overrun or like a Kamal type I, effect. I think he's underplayed because he was in the Catmander deck that year. He was also in Isn't that where he comes Commander from? 2014, I think, in the mono white list. That's where he originally was. He's a Johnny's brother, hey? That's probably why he's good. Yeah. Johnny's good, and he's also good. But I figure he probably just, he he came in a deck that was like a Voltron deck that didn't really go wide. Yeah. And he's like the go wide creature. So I think a lot of people overlooked him because he was in a deck that nobody really bought, nobody really cared about. And he was a card that didn't make sense in the list that you found him in. So maybe people just didn't. Yeah, Look at he, him he was also in the mono white list from 2014, and same year was like the Duretti mono red deck, and the Ghoul Caller Gisa black deck, and the Nissa, no, uh, the Fraley's green deck. That actually was the most popular one from that year that was done again in Commander Arsenal. Yeah. And the white one with Nahiri just, meh. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. And that one was like, it was equipment based, had no good equipment, and it is, whatever. What else we got in here? So, I don't know. I just want to maybe just highlight again. There's a bunch of sack outlets that just, like, say, sacrifice a creature. And you sacrifice a Lenda when she's got, like, 20 counters. Because that's pretty routine if you get, like, a Lightning Greaves on her. And then when you start to sacrifice the 20 tokens that you get from her after you, like, mentor the Meek them all, you get Requiem Angel to give you more tokens. You get Pitiless Plunder to give you mana. You, um... You get smoldering or smothering abomination to draw a card every time you sack a creature, and then of course the uh, the Zulaport Cutthroat to like just dome somebody for twenty when you're sacrificing all twenty of your guys. Yeah, so, so it's it's quite the sweet sweet. There, it's it very is. efficient and it has lots of different outs and lines of play to go through, which is what we typically look for here. Yeah, big mana through sacrificing tokens. Or lots of just little dudes attacking that get pumped, maybe with a Cathar's Crusade, also sure. playing that. Or just like one big Flesh Beater Imp. So if we're looking at instants and sorceries, as we are wont to do, Anguish on making D-Spark Path to Exile, Tefri's Protection, and Urborg Justice. What does Urborg Justice do? It's got a cool picture on it. I, you know what? I haven't looked at them loaded into Tapped Out like that yet, and I'm just saying, sweet, sweet. <laughs> Anguished on making, D-Spark, Path to Exile, Tef's Protection, and... My man, Urborg Justice. Black, black for an instant. Target opponent chooses and sacks a number of creatures he or she controls equal to the number of creatures put into your graveyard from play so far this turn. Yeah, didn't I just say I have like free sack outlets? Yeah. So I just sack five or six guys and you have to sack your whole team. It's like a for grave. two mana it's at like instant a, speed. Or is it a, what's, the, what's that stupid enchantment? Black, 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 one. Grave Pact. Grave Pact, except it's an instant. Yeah. Neat. I'm also playing Grave Pact. <laughs> of course you are, you <laughs> scumbag. Check out some sorcerers real fast. We have Ancient Cravings. This is a draw spell. We have Debt to the Deathless. This That's your man, a Seb. double exanguinate by Seb McKinnon. Yeah. Demonic Tutor, exanguinate, Diabolic Intent, Kaya's Wrath, Reanimate, Siphon Mind, Torment of Hailfire, Victimize and Burial Rites, Toxic Deluge, Yehenny's Expertise. 
Yep. That toxic deluge, I'm telling you, you can wipe out everybody and Alenda sticks around because she's got like 10 counters on her. Oh. Well, that's the thing that makes Alenda so good is even if she gets wrath, your board automatically repopulates with her. Yeah. Like it's it's really good. Yeah. And very difficult to deal with. And I would know because I've had to deal with it and lots of s- and times. And speaking of like the, the reanimation type stuff, like Unburial Rites is two reanimations because it's got flashback. Victimize Alenda- is just unfair. Yeah, it's, it's so good. It's essentially two reanimates, but you got to pick different creatures. Um, reanimate costs one, so if for whatever reason, like you had to discard something, just pick your biggest, baddest creature, and just get it on turn two. <laughs> yeah. So awesome, so, sweet. I like it. Okay, enchantments. I'm assuming there's going to be a couple of uh, spicy nuggets, spicy nuggets, and then some stuff that everybody kind of saw coming. Most likely. I'll run over them real quick. You can highlight the ones that you think are interesting. Sure. Let's do it. Anointed Procession, Bitter Blossom, Black Market, Catholic Crusade, Dark Prophecy, Ghostly Prison, Grave Pack, Marshall's Anthem, Necromancy, Phyrexian Arena. Holy Jesus. Um, well, Marshall's Anthem and Necromancy are enchantment versions of reanimation, just by the by. And I am playing a Sarah Sanctum in here, just because I'm playing like 11 enchantments. Sure. So it's like it's fine. It's a planes at the worst. It's it's zero mana at the worst. <laughs> but chances are there's enough card draw that I'm going to have one or two enchantments. Yeah, you'll get one out of it. Yeah, it's fine. I like Cathro's Crusade in a deck like this. Your Alendra goes away with the ten counters. Your ten guys come in. They all see each other. They all get ten counters. You have a bunch of eleven elevens. Yeah, that is like the um the, the, the second copy of Jazal Goldmane. Yes. Yep. And you know what else is really good with Cathro's Crusade is Bitter Blossom. Because every turn you just play a dude and all your other dudes get bigger at the cost of one life. Yeah, for one life you get between one and 11 power of dudes. Yeah. That's that's okay. That's and, fine. Yeah. And then the other thing I'd like to highlight here is this Black Market, right? Like the last time I played this deck, Black Market got up to 37. Black Market is an enchantment for Black Black 3. Whenever a creature dies, you put a counter on it. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, you get a black for each counter on it. Whenever a creature dies, remember. Yep. So you cast your black market with your Alenda in play. It just goes around the table, and creatures die. And I play like a Phyrexian Plague Lord, which lets me sack a creature to give another creature minus one, minus one. So I can sack creatures to kill creatures. If I've got a Grave Pact, I sack a creature to kill two creatures, because I sack one, you have to sack one. And then after all that's done, I sack Alenda... And then she gives me, like, 20 more dudes. I sack all of them, so I get, like, 20 more counters on Black Market. This is all during your turn. So when (laughs) I untap, go to my main phase, Black Market's got, like, 30-some counters on it, Exanguinate. There you go. And that's not Magical Christmas Land. I know I referenced lots of cards there, but there's a lot of redundancy at the just whatever, sacrifice your guy slot. Have you thought about playing that, uh, you have a lot of token generation in here. Have you thought about playing that thing that makes all of your, what is it, divine visitation? All your tokens become angels. Yeah, when, when your tokens come into play, instead of being whatever they are, they're four four angels with vigilance instead? I have. I don't have one. I, I have thought of that. I don't own one. Ah. Would you, would you play it? I think it would go good in here. I think here. it would go good in here. I think it might be a little bit more casually. Cause it is the deck a, is casual, but I think if if you want to play a casual game, that this would be a good a good uh, that might be a good one, one to cut uh, if I wanted to like not have to cast and then pay the ability on Jazal Goldmain same turn like that's nine mana slots. If I just wanted to like drop a Divine Visitation and then sack an Alenda and then instead of one ones with Lifelink, I get four fours with Flying and Vigilance, which might as well be Lifelink because they're four fours. Yeah, because they can block and then yeah. I don't take combat damage. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a good include. That's pretty all right. Let's check out some artifacts real fast. First one, because mostly they're mana rocks and lightning greaves, animation module. It's got a cool picture on it. Yeah, I guess. this is. Uh, give this one a read, because this one actually goes in a lend of decks. It's an artifact for one. Whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are placed on a permanent you control, you may pay one. If you do, create a servo artifact creature token. New paragraph. Three tap. Choose a counter on target permanent or player. Give that permanent or player another counter of that kind. It's like shitty proliferate. Yeah, shitty proliferate baseline for four mana before you get anything out of it. Sounds terrible. It sounds awful. But when you pair animation module with surprise, <laughs> Ashnod's altar, Uh-oh. you just go infinite with Alenda because you sacrifice a creature and Alenda gets a plus one. You The mana that you got from sacking your creature to Ashnod's altar, you... Use one of that mana to pay a counter to get a servo. 
You sack the servo for two, puts a counter on Alenda. Get a servo. You get a servo. Do, 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 you get a servo, do, 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 pay do, do, do. two mana, pay one mana when you have two. So every time you net one mana off the exchange, and Alenda gets one bigger. You end with an infinite, infinite Alenda and infinite mana. In which case you could sacrifice your, your Alenda. Zula. And your Zulaport Cutthroat has already killed everybody. Yeah, but if you don't have that, you could sacrifice your Alenda to get infinite dudes with a Cathars Crusade and attack with infinite, infinite, infinites. <laughs> or you could cast a God Eternal Bantu and just sacrifice like 70 dudes and draw 70 and then you just like use the rest of your mana to exsanguinate. Yeah. That so that's a cool, it's a cool little thingy. And hold, I got one more that I wanted to mention. Check okay. this out. Um, How do you feel? Because I'm playing like Commander Sphere, Pristine Talisman. I'm playing... The rest of them are literally all... Coalition Relic. Dorks. and not dorks, rocks. What do you think about the Clue Stones in a two-color deck? I hate them. Oh. I don't like the Clue Stones at all. I, I super don't. Even though like they're so similar in a two-color deck, they're so similar to Commander Sphere? I just don't like them. I don't like them. Why? I think they're good. Nobody likes them. I think they're fine. They're fine. I just think there's cooler stuff you can play. I'd rather play a key rune. They at least turn into guys or something. I get the replacing themselves. I get all of the, the value. and But sometimes the card is just boring. I think that they're boring. That's what it is. I think they're boring. I could see them being boring because you got one in every pack when you opened them in like Dragon's Maze or whatever it was. Yeah, and they're not as exciting. Like, let's say you're, op you're, you're fanning out your opening seven. You yeah. see a Solrin. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. See? Ooh. But you fan open your opening seven and you see a clue stone. You're like, I guess I can play that. Yeah. I, I have a yeah. dork. I'll play. And you play it. But do you, you feel that way like about, I love Pristine Talisman because it'll gain me 10 life over the course of a game that is looking to go like longer than 10 turns. 10 life is not negligible. Correct. When it's giving me mana because also. that's, I, I play it for mana. It's giving me life as an all, like, tag on you know what i mean it's a sweet side effect yeah i like just being able to like tap my commander sphere to path your guy and then you destroy it in response i can sack it to draw a card clue stone isn't really that like what do you think about three cost mana rocks because pristine talisman's good dark steel ingot's good and commander sphere's good but the clue stones aren't well commander sphere sacks for free pristine talisman has like an interesting and unique effect what was the other one you said Dark steel, dark steel ingot is indestructible, which is just yeah. really cool. Like they all have a cool thing, and the clue stones are just like two colors, whatever. <laughs> Honestly, like it, it's just it's it's so generic, and like but you can pay two and sack it and draw a card. Who did? Yeah, I do get, do that. Get your efficiency out of here. Let's play something that's more fun. I want to play something that turns into a guy or makes me flip a coin or wants me to rip it up into little pieces and throw it at my opponent. What if I rip my clue stone up and threw it at you? I would laugh heartily and I would enjoy that very much. <laughs> Should I cut clue stone and play brawl ring? Yes. Hashtag brawl ring. Pro probably first. I should because I'm replacing a two or a three mana rock with a two mana rock that gives me the same colors of mana. Yeah. But it doesn't draw me a card late game if I rip it off the top and have like 48 mana. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. We call that you, variance. You're probably right. And variance is fun. A two mana rock that gives me any color that like I don't need to put another mana into, like a signet, is probably better than drawing a card late game. Yeah. Unless you need the card late game. Like, am I just edge corner casing myself I too hard? I think so. I think you're just trying so hard to make the clue stones like interesting. I want to. You know what, dude? I want to go back ten years to when playing bad cards was good. Yeah, I'm gonna well, go back and these aren't even bad cards. They're just there's they're so medium that you can't get passionate about them. And and that's why I cut them immediately. I can't even get a half or over no, it. You, nobody cares about a clue stone. Like nobody's like just jacked to play a clue stone. <laughs> no, like that's never happened. And if it has, you're lying to yourself. Get after us. Uh, get after at CCO Brando on Twitter if you are rock hard for clue yeah, stones. If clue stones I are your favorite one rocks. guys out there that's just like screaming at his radio yeah. right now. God damn it, Brando! There you go again, disturbing the peace in the magic community. What's the matter with you? Yeah, at me, bro. <laughs> yep. Um, is that the deck? No, we got some. We got some P dubs. Got some we, P dubs. We, we got some P dubs. Let's check. The, let's check out some P dubs. P dub. There's three of them. We these are not terrible. These are all very good, actually. We have Elspeth Terrell, 
Elspeth Sun's champion, and Soren Lord of Innistrad. So let's let's go over what they actually do. Okay, Elspeth um, Terrell. I, hold on, I got this. Okay, Elspeth Terrell is the one that gains you life or gives you three dudes. Elspeth Sun's champion is the one that gives you three dudes or destroys everything else. That's the good one. <laughs> and Soren, Lord of Innistrad. Badass name, right? It is pretty cool. And it's like, got like a sick picture on it too. Like I wish I was him. They're really working hard to make Soren into a badass. Hey? He's badass. Yeah, they, they don't, don't need to do anything. They just need to tell him to show up on time and he's I, fucking badass. I dare you to paint sparkles on him. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> new I, feel like, I feel like he'd kill me. New altars up every Thursday. <laughs> Sparkly Soren. I only have one. He's in this deck. You plus him to get a vampire with lifelink. You minus him to get an emblem given all your creatures plus one plus oh. An emblem. Yeah, just for minus. It's like pay for jack my dudes. And remember, if you have 30 of them, <laughs> that's a real thing. I got to get my big dice. It looks like a golf ball. <laughs> And then his last thing, he destroys three creatures. Who cares? Well, you get them, though. Ah, who don't care? I've done that exactly once ever, and it didn't even win me the game. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. That's the worst. That's the P-dubs. Is, that the, the is that the deck? That is the whole deck. Is that the fastest deck tech we've ever done? Absolutely. Any good is. lands? Bajuke? Got the bajuke, you're going to bajuke you. Everything else is just like it's, lands to get colors. It is what you would expect to see. Oh, Inventor's in Fair is going to give you that animation module. It's got some deserts. Memorial to Folly is your reanimation on a land, so you can get a land back. Talked about Sarah's Sanctum. Oh, Silent Clearing, that's a new Horizon land. Trying that out. Sack it to draw a card. See, that's more exciting than a Signet. Not a Signet. Clue Stone. A Clue Stone. I agree. I forgot the I damn I agree. Names. And you know what? You know what? Shout out to, I can't believe I'm doing this, oh, shit. but I actually like Silent Clearing art, and it is done by our dude. Seb McKinnon. Actually, yeah, that's a, I like that one. Are those lotuses? Like lotus palm trees? Oh, I don't know. I just hope he didn't mean to do that. It's just a coincidence. That's what I hope. Is it the bitter blossom? Is it is it the field of blossoms that we just got? I'm really curious as to what that is. I'm not. I just I am. I commission someone else, wizards. Yeah, I'm. I, I'd <laughs> welcome that too. Yeah. No, I just, we're just making it into a meme. We like Seb. We like the variety. It's not alter realistic. It's not yeah. all ultra hyper realistic in fantasy and magic anymore, and I like that. I'm yeah. down. I'm sure Seb is a fine person. Although I would still smack him with uh, Max Grundell's Pee-wee playmat. Yes. Yeah. That he didn't draw the. Yeah, he art didn't of. even draw that on. Yeah. He probably would have done an okay. Was it Bontu's Last Reckoning? Is that what the art on that playmat is? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. I remember stuff. Every so often, I can remember a name. Man, that Bontu's Last Reckoning art is so badass. It's too bad the card just didn't get there. Hey. Yeah, I I think it's a cool card still. I would. If I owned more of them, I would play them. But <laughs> I was like, eh, whatever. I just don't. That's fine. I play Damnation instead. And I feel like that's okay. Yeah, yep. for sure. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Okay. Hey, how, you know, wait. What? How bad would it feel to play Yeheni's Expertise and then as your free three drop, you play Bontu's Last Reckoning? That wouldn't be terrible. Because you didn't get them all. It's like Yeheni's Expertise and you wipe out a bunch oh, of guys you... and the elf ball guy's like, hey, I'm playing. My chance are too big now, man. And then you just got him with a Bontu's Last Reckoning. Psych. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> you're terrible. <laughs> I feel like you should have just cast Wrath of God and, right? and kept a card in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I would feel bad. Okay. Hey, so we did a deck deck. You know what that means. That means card, card of the, of week. the week. 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 Man, we haven't week. done that in like a month. Yeah, the echo effect was getting was getting rusty. What, what do you think this week, Ryan? Your deck, you pick the card. Okay, this is going to be one that we glossed over fairly quick in the deck tech proper, but this is a mighty card. This is a white and five. Jesus. Flying angel, five, five. Yeah, so it's like big. It's called Requiem Angel. So five, five flying angel. Whenever another non-spirit creature you control dies... Put a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying onto the battlefield. So whenever a non-ghost dies, you get a ghost. Yes. And it doesn't say whenever a non-token creature you control dies. It says whenever a non-spirit creature token you control dies. Sorry, non-spirit creature. Ooh. So I could sack all my creatures and get spirits for all of them. Sack all the spirits to get whatever for all of them. And then Alenda's constantly ticking up as as I'm doing this. Sacrifice Alenda to get a spirit. Sacrifice a spirit. Then sacrifice all the vampire tokens. 
Jesus. And I just netted like so much mana, or I just killed the whole board with like a Phyrexian Plague Lord or whatever. Like Requiem Angel is good because it it allows you to get tokens when you sacrifice other tokens. Excellent. And if you want to pick one up of your very own, it's forty five American cents, thirty seven thousand Canadian dollars. Yeah, and the foil ninety four cents for a Dark Ascension one. Intense. Yeah. And I mean, it costs six. Like, say what you will about angels, it costs six. Like, I'd rather probably cast like Archangel of Thune or Baneslayer. Those cost five and are a better creature. Yeah. But, but not in this deck. But not in this deck. But yeah. in, and in general, too. Like, if you're playing like a token the die lot strategy, it's a good card to have around. Yeah. White and tokens, it's going to give you white tokens. Yeah. It's unassuming and it would be really good with that divine visitation. And it's also good with Cathar's Crusade if you don't have your divine visitation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the card of the week. And there it is. That is the whole deck, plus a card of the week cherry on top. Is there anything else you'd like to say about the decks that Ryan will be bringing to GP Vegas? Um, I very much like my Alenda deck. The having to die thing, again, I'll reiterate, not that big of a downside. I've only ever ran into it one time ever where I couldn't reanimate her sort of when I wanted to, and the deck's got enough jam and ne- enough like alternate ways to do its work that you don't need a lenda she just pushes it over the top when you can sack her with like 20 counters yeah never hurts to do that kind of shit and if you're playing her i do recommend getting one of them big golf ball sized dice <laughs> <laughs> unless you want to count all of the tiddlywink tokens like i use or stack just, them yeah, stacks just, of five just and get a just... get a bunch of like six-sided dice that's fine too <laughs> yeah, however you want to do it it's a good time that's all i got you know what i'm excited for mf in vegas we are booked plane tickets airbnbs event packages where we've got our our decks sort of prepared we're half done the draft that we're doing man it's gonna be so good it's gonna be a great time and i'm hoping to meet lots of you guys there maybe we can uh meet up around the face-to-face games.com their canada's biggest magic store booth oh you are the king of segways that's pretty good (laughs) And we'll play some random games together. We'll jam casual stuff. Maybe we can go out for a beer afterwards. That's something we really like to do when we're on holidays. Yeah, like 10 beer. We went for so many beer in Calgary. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like, what time is it? It's beer o'clock. And we just... And it was like 11 in the morning. Yep. And it never stops. We we do our best to make our country proud. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. You can't come into this part of the, the bar yet. It's... It's closed. <laughs> <laughs> well, which part can we get beer in? Oh, you have to go upstairs. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, I guess we'll go upstairs then. <laughs> Worst kind of podunk operation you run in here. But that's it for Ryan's stuff. You can be on the lookout for him in Vegas and me as well. We'll do some of my stuff next week when we come back for another exciting episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Woo!